Welcome back to another episode of the Sex Mancers Podcast. And just like I had promised, it's not even Valentine's Day, and the online store is up and running at sexmancers.com forward slash shop. Here you can get your shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, and more in order to be able to support the show, while at the same time being able to display messages that are both humorous and messages that display how great your husband is, or shirts for him to display how great you are. All right, you can get the coffee mug that just says, I swallow. I think that's pretty funny. That may just be me, but that's my sense of humor. You can also get a shirt that says, I have the best husband ever. He understands that I come first. Or you can even go for the Valentine's Day shirt that says, Valentine's Day. If you need a holiday for her to touch you, it's already over. All right, this and more. So check it out at sexmancers.com forward slash shop. It's a great way to get the merchandise to display how great your relationship is, something funny, and it helps to support the show so that I can provide you even more content to help you out in your relationship. All right, so let's get into today's episode, shall we? So what if you've been following the advice here for a little while and you haven't really seen much in the way of improvements? I mean, this happens, right? You go through, it seems like it's enough time that you should start seeing some results. Maybe, maybe not. Remember, every relationship is going to be different and every guy is going to be different themselves. You know, and so, you know, the amount of time that it takes to get to the changes that you need For some guys, very quick. Other guys, it's a lot slower. But the advice here, if you remember, is for 90% of the guys out there. There's always going to be the 10% that no matter what you do, the relationship is not going to improve. And you got to decide whether or not staying in a relationship with him is worth it or not. And I'd never recommend staying in any type of a relationship where you're being emotionally or physically abused. So what if you've been going through and you haven't seen any changes? Well, let's take a review here for a moment as far as what you have been doing in order to start, you know, on your part on improving the relationship. So you've been increasing how much sex that you've been having in the relationship and you're the one initiating a lot more of that sex, right? You know, so let's say before you were only having sex maybe once or twice a month. I've actually known people who have only been having sex, you know, for the longest time, maybe once a month, you know, during her ovulation window. And then that was it, right? And now you know, going through and you're having more sex, you know, you've increased it from once a month to maybe once a week to maybe two to three times a week. You've increased the amount of sex. Now, if you haven't seen any changes in behavior, you got to think about, you know, the frequency. Have you increased it enough? If you switched it from once a month to once a week, maybe you need to up that to twice a week or three times a week. You know, as much as uh, as much and as often as you can get him up, right? And so you've been having more sex, and you're the one initiating it. You're the one going through, and you know, tiger crawling to him, just you know, jumping out of a uh, room or walking into the room that he's in naked. You know, you've been all over his cock. All right. Second thing that you've been doing all of this time. You know, since the beginning of the show, is that you've been changing up what you do for during sex, right? You've been changing up what positions you get in. You started role playing. You started using toys. You started having sex in other rooms of the house. 
right? Maybe you got out of the bedroom, got onto a couch, chair, table, maybe on top of the dryer and had the dryer going. There are some people that really enjoy that. Although in most cases, he will need to be on some type of step stool or something in order to, you know, be able to go and uh, penetrate you while you're sitting on a dryer. I mean, the dryer's pretty high up there, but you've been changing it up you know, a bit, trying to keep it, you know, fresh and exciting. You've been uh, switching between, you know, penetration and oral sex, right? Whereas before, maybe you were only having sex once a week, once a month, you know, whatever. And it was always you just lying there and that was it, right? But now, you know, you've switched it up where some nights you're just drop into your knees and you're sucking that cock and giving him a great blowjob, right? Other nights you have him lying down, you get on top in cowgirl position and you just ride him to completion or doggy style, reverse cowgirl. You know, you've been switching that up. You've been, you know, doing that. You're using uh, sexual stimulants as well. You know, whether you're going down to the local porn shop and getting an aphrodisiac, maybe you're using something like Spanish fly, you know, you've been, you know, going through and, you know, aphrodisiacs for him, aphrodisiacs for you, increasing the amount of sensitivity and the amount of pleasure that both of you have been getting during sex, right? You've created a no rejection policy in the bedroom, right? No rejection. Which means once you're in the bedroom, you know, uh, together, you know, whether you're going to bed, waking up, you know, maybe in the middle of the night, although I, I understand how hard it would be being woken up in the middle of the night. I, I get that. But, you know, this is just part of that no rejection policy where you've instituted the policy where once you're in bed, the moment he asks, there's no rejection, right? There's no rejection. So at Whenever he asks, as often as he asks you to, you know, you say yes to sex, right? And you're developing healthier lifestyles. Having more sex, you know, has been increasing your moods. You obviously uh, get more exercise. You, you know, uh, along with a lot of other, you know, health benefits, that go along uh, with having lots and lots of sex. It, it is amazing how much health benefits there is to having sex. And so you've been doing all of this, and maybe even a little bit more, but you haven't really been seeing the changes. Well, how much time have you given it? Has it only been one month? You know, make sure that you're giving this a try for a good, you know, three months before you start evaluating whether or not, you know, this has been working for you, right? Three months, you know, you got to give it a, sh you know, a good, uh, the good old college try, as they say, you know, but let's say you've been doing this for three months. Maybe you've been doing it for four or five months, you know, and you're at the point where you can't handle any more sex and you're not seeing the results. Well, there may be some other issues that are, you know, interfering, you know, with the relationship, with the sex life and all of that, that, you know, no amount of sex, you know, can really fix. And some of those issues may be some mental or emotional issues. Now, these may be issues that have been um, not undiagnosed, you know, um, and their health, you know, mental health issues. You know, if there is a... Um, chemical imbalance in the brain, right? And it's causing depression or it's causing, you know, a, a type of bipolarism disorder or, you know, a number of other things, right? No amount of sex is going to fix that. I mean, that's an actual medical issue. I mean, it's one thing to just say, you know, depression, right? And that is something that sex can help out with quite a bit. Now, depending on the severity of the depression, the effects of sex, you know, can have varying results. But if we have a whole bunch of other issues that actually require medication, that may be the reason why you're not seeing much improvement when it comes to increasing the amount of sex, 
right? And so the only advice for that is, you know, to go to the doctor and, you know, try or try and convince them to go to the doctor. I know that's uh, easier said than done. And then have them check, you know, is there some type of disorder? You know, is there a chemical imbalance? Is there, you know, something that requires medication, right? Now, another issue that you may have come across is what if he's not wanting to have as much sex as you're trying to give him? You know, what if he's, what if his libido is very, very low and aphrodisiacs uh, haven't been working for you, right? What are some of the problems there? Well, again, this could be a medical disorder. You know, uh, cardio, uh, I forget what the name of it is, but it's pretty much a me the medical disorder that Viagra was developed in order to treat. You know, um, you know, hypertension or vascular hypertension, you know, something like that. Basically, a lot of high blood pressure and um, the veins that carry the blood are not expanding enough to carry uh, enough. So it's just not getting enough blood flow throughout the body in order for him to get and keep an erection very long. So you got those mm, medical issues that will require actual medication in addition to you know all the advice that I've been giving here to really be able to see uh, you know the results starting to come through. So never discount, you know, uh, physical or mental health issues as being part of the problem getting in your way. Now, another issue that you may have to deal with, you know, may, you know, not involve any sex whatsoever in order to address. And these are issues of unfulfilled dreams, unfulfilled ambition, right? So let's say he has something that he's always wanted to do. Maybe he's wanted to write a book. Maybe he's wanted to produce his own show, whether that be on YouTube or audio show such as this, you know, or a blog, or, you know, maybe he wanted to do something, right? There's a million things that could be done. An online coaching business, doing something on Fiverr, maybe wanting to become eBay or an Amazon, you know, sellers rich. You know, maybe there was a business that he wanted to do something, right? There's a million things that he could want to do, but, you know, it's an unfulfilled dream and desire, and he just doesn't have time to actually do it. You know, let's say, you know, he gets up, he goes off to work, you know, spends 40, 50, 60 hours at work, comes home, right, and the kids are constantly on him, you know, wanting him to do this, that, and the other thing. You know, he can't, uh, if he wanted to record, you know, uh, a show, do his own uh, video or audio show, and yet every time he sets to record, all the kids are screaming, constantly entering the room, interrupting him, all of that, and it ruins everything that he tries to produce. Or, you know, he's constantly you know, trying to write, you know, a blog post and, you know, because he has something that he wants to write a lot about or write his own book. And yet every time he sits at the computer and pulls up the Word document and starts writing, you know, the kids are screaming, yelling, distracting him, going up to him, dragging him away. I need this. I need that. You know, the issue may be just frustration. He feels trapped. You know, he's in a job that he absolutely hates. And yet, when he gets home, the issue is that his family is a huge obstacle rather than a partnership. You know, that his family is there as weights around his legs rather than cells to help lift him up. And I get it. That's not the way you should view it, right? That's not the way, you know, life, you know, happens. It gets in the way. It's part of being a parent, yada, yada, yada. But it doesn't mean it's not frustrating, it doesn't mean that it doesn't get to him sometimes about how he's not able to get anything done. You know, he spends all, you know, uh, Monday through Friday at work, only has about 30 minutes in which he could try and work on anything at home to build up his dreams. And that 30 minutes is always cut down. He may get like two minutes tops. And then the weekend comes and, you know, he's ha having to do all this, that, and the other thing in order to try and take care of the kids and, you know, just can't get any moment. 
you know, it's that frustration, you know, that you have something great deep down inside of you and yet you can't do anything with it because you can't get any time, you know, to sit down and do anything. And for some of the, for some men out there, and I can tell you from talking to other men, how, you know, they've started viewing their spouses as adversaries rather than partners. They started viewing their wives as obstacles, trying to keep them down rather than trying to help, you know, support them and lift them up. And women, I know that there are women out there that feel the same way. You know, they have a dream, they have a desire, and yet, you know, their husbands aren't helping to lift them up, you know, and, you know, and trying to, you know, dump everything on them or always trying to get them to do everything except work on their dreams. Now, imagine how frustrating that would be. You know, it's hard to get you know, romantically excited. It's hard to get aroused and it's hard to want to spend time with somebody. If you feel like they are constantly out there trying to crush you from your dreams, they, you know, uh, I once used the reference, uh, in the show of, you know, that this is about your guy, you know, if he's gone from Prince Charming to Al Bundy, how to, you know, turn him back into Prince Charming. Well, for some of that, you know, the issue is the guy, you know, looks at you and he sees Peggy Bundy, right? And it may not be fair. You know, it may not be a fair assessment at all. You know, you may be a very loving, dedicated wife. You know, it's just, you know, you're worn down and you can only handle so much because you're going off to work and you're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and then you come home and the kids run you ragged and you can't keep up, and then they go running off to daddy, right? You know, you need your downtime too. I, I know that. I'm just trying to say, you know, it's a frustration, you know, issue with that. You know, now the question becomes, how do you handle this? How do you go through and address the problem. Well, first off, you got to sit down with him. You got to ask him, you know, what is it that he's wanting to do? What he thinks is the time commitment, you know, that he won't be able to just lock himself away every single day to do it. But, you know, if you gave him three nights a week or, you know, two nights a week and all day Saturday to work on his dreams, as long as he spends all day Sunday and the other four nights a week with you, well, shoot, that deal would mean he would probably have more time to work on his dreams than he does currently. And then you still have more time with him. You know, so you got to be able to take a look at that. But, you know, it is very depressing, very frustrating. And I've felt that myself uh, at times. I'll be honest. You know, I have felt, you know, looking at my family and going, man, they're like weights around my ankles. You know, I, I couldn't get any time to record. I couldn't do any setup. I couldn't do, you know, uh, any of the, you know, uh, written content. You know, I'm still struggling to find time, you know, to be able to do the written content, granted. But, you know, I had to try and figure out, adjust, get into a routine, you know, train them of, you know, when I, when this is recording time. You know, you be quiet. You don't come in and interrupt me all the time. And you don't, you know, just scream and yell all over the place. And, you know, I, I had found out that, especially on weekends, see, my wife, you know, she just works Saturdays and Sundays and has Monday through Friday off. So that means, you know, on the days where I can do the most, I have the kids, you know, pretty much all by myself all day. And, you know, my youngest one, you know, he's two, you know, so it's only natural that he's constantly, you know, wanting attention every second of the day, but he has a nap time that gives me time to do something when he's taking a nap. The other two, they can keep themselves entertained, but they still want my attention. So what do I do? Well, I developed a routine in which on the weekends I get up and I try and wear them out. That's my first priority is to try and wear them out, take them to the park, take them outside, you know, during this time of year to play in the snow, 
you know, go off and spend time with them. Try and wear them down. Give them, you know, that, you know, daddy time that they have been wanting to have. And then, you know, with the youngest one taking a nap, they're exhausted. You know, they just want to sit, relax in front of the TV for a little bit. And that's when I can do the audio recording, such as what I'm doing right now. Right? So I had to adjust. So maybe you just need to figure out how you can develop a routine in which you get the time that you're wanting and he gets the time that he needs to kind of work on his goals and dreams. You know, and maybe he needs to go all in just for a little bit. You know, maybe that is the case. Maybe you just need to accept that, you know, in order for him to at least have his shot at, you know, shot, for him to have his, you know, chance at bat, you know, you may need to have to, you know, be the rock and, you know, give him uh, the time he needs, you know, for several months to show, you know, some progress, you know, on what it is he wants to do. Show, you know, and should give you a reporting of here's where I started. Here's how much time I've been putting into this. And here's the results that I've gotten so far. Right? It's not forever, but the team are the couple that is able to work together, help push each other towards their dreams and goals, you know, help each other out and take on, you know, uh, some stuff to get it off the back of the person building their dreams. You know, those couples stay together. The, cus- the couple that hustles together stays together. All right. So there's also financial issues, right? You got to be uh, particularly sensitive uh, when it comes to finances. And here's the thing, ladies: you need to be involved in the finances. You know, you need to be involved in creating the budget, sticking to the budget, setting financial goals, and holding each other accountable to those financial goals. Is it fun? No. You know, but there's nothing fun about budgeting. But it's about responsibility and. When you do your budget together, you're learning to communicate with each other. And what you budget your money on says a lot about your priorities. It says a lot about your household goals and what type of future you're wanting to build. So, you know, if he's going off and he's having, you know, financial worries where he's working himself to death, you know, practically, you know, so he's putting in 60, 70 hours a week at work, he comes home. And it's not that he doesn't want to spend time with you. It's that he's too tired and wiped out to even be able to focus on anything, you know, to be able to put any, you know, energy into you or the, or the kids or anything like that. All they want to do is, you know, watch uh, one show to wind down and go to bed. In these situations, again, sex may not be, you know, the you know, end all be all solution. I mean, it helps relieve, you know, stress. It helps to build up energy and helps to keep them in a better mood, but you still got to address the underlying problem here. And that is the financial issues and problems that he's facing. You know, maybe you have a mountain of debt and you're barely able to make those payments, you know, and scrape by and he's worried that, you know, it only takes one wrong move and boom, Everything, you know, collapses and you're broke and, you know, at risk of losing your house. Right? So, I mean, the motives are good. So what do you do there? You got to get involved in the finances. You got to get involved in keeping track of the money and putting together a plan to get out of debt. Because as that debt goes down, it relieves a lot of stress and burden off of his shoulders. And it allows him then to be able to not work as hard and have more time for you, to be able to spend more time for you. And if you're wanting ways to get out of debt and the best way to budget and handle your personal finances, you know, check out, you know, Dave Ramsey. He has a pretty good plan. It's worked for a lot of other people. So, you know, I would suggest that. And, you know, if he's the one that has to put in more hours at work in order to make ends meet, then you take the initiative you know, to put together a budget and a financial plan that will allow you to start getting out of debt so that he can then you know, be home a little bit more and have more time you know, 
to have his relaxation and time with you. All right, so maybe, you know, he's going off and he's overworking himself because he's trying to give you a surprise. You know, so here is uh, an interesting thing. And now this example is something that happens with a, a couple prior to getting married, right? So, you know, I know a guy and a girl, they've been dating for a very long time, right? They don't earn a whole lot of money, but they work very, very hard. You know, she's a single mother. He, you know, he came into the picture, you know, a while ago. You know, uh, you know, has been a pretty good, you know, a boyfriend and, you know, a good father figure like uh, for the daughter. You know, and they've been dating for a while. But then, you know, he started working a little bit harder, you know, putting in some more overtime. And he started hiding money from her, right? So he started hiding money and working a lot harder and, you know, just kind of, you know, the general activities that women find suspicious and don't really like and wonder what's going on. Is there another woman? Why is he hiding money? Is he about to tuck tail and run? You know, because they were living together and, you know, planning out, you know, the finances of, you know, how, of splitting up, you know, the payments on everything and such. And, you know, they were kind of going through with that. And so, you know, she was starting to get, you know, a little frustrated with him, a little self-conscious about what was going on. She was, you know, just kind of, you know, to the point where she was thinking that, okay, I'm just about done with the guy. But you want to know what he was actually doing? He was putting in all those extra hours, you know, at work, and he was hiding that money so she wouldn't know how much he went to spend on an engagement ring. That's right. All that activity that usually spells, you know, trouble in most relationships, he wanted to surprise her, you know, by proposing to her, right? Now, this is a good situation here, but, you know, during that time, you know, it, it may give you the impression that things are going bad, you know, because he's pulling away because he's always tired and he's always working and he's hiding money. Well, maybe it's because he's trying to surprise you with, a, with an expensive gift, and that surprising you with an expensive gift is, you know, going to maybe put some strain on the relationship while he's saving up and, you know, and trying to find a way to buy it for you without you knowing. So maybe the issue here is depending on how long, you know, the, you know, the less than satisfactory relationship has been going on. If it's only been going on for three to five months, and you're going, what's going on? I can't, I, I can't figure out why he's just not paying much attention to me. You know, it's always uh, possible that he's just, you know, trying to save up scrap or trying to, you know, create a surprise for you. And it may not even be a financial, you know, uh, financially big surprise. Maybe it's just he's trying to get it so that you don't suspect a thing. And there are guys who will do this, who will purposely start, you know, acting a little bit distant, you know, for a short period of time, you know, trying to plan and scheme and hide so that you don't suspect nothing. And then it's a big surprise because let's face it, ladies, you get to know your man inside and out, you know, like the back of your own hands. And there's nothing he can do that you can't practically read his mind about. So he needs to ch completely change his behaviors and throw you off guard in order to enact a surprise. Now, how often is that the case? Well, uh, that's not you know always going to be the case, but that is always a possibility if the problems have only been going on short term. Okay, so maybe it's also a seasonal thing. You know, people do get seasonal depression, you know, and what that looks like, you know, depends on where you live. 
You know, for instance, you know, if half the year, you know, it is cold, miserable, and the days are short, it is dark when he goes into work, and by the time he gets off work, the sun's already down and it's dark again, and all there is is just white snow all around, and he's cold and miserable, well, then maybe he has seasonal depression because he doesn't get outside at, at all. Maybe part of you know his routine, you know, or part of the time of the year where he's happy, you know, is something like summer where, you know, it's the sun is out when he goes into work, so it's kind of a bright, sunny, and you know, and affecting his mood. It's still sunny when he gets off work. He's able to ground himself. Now, if you're not familiar with grounding, it's where you walk around outside barefooted, you know, and you know to try and connect a little bit, you know, with the ground. I mean, you can walk, you know, barefooted on the cement or in the grass, and it's supposed to be relaxing or even just sit in a chair with your feet with your bare feet roaming through the grass. You know, you can't really do that in the winter time. That is a miserable prospect, you know, going outside in negative degree weather and putting your bare foot and like three feet of snow. <laughs> so there may be a seasonal depression thing uh, that is going on. I mean, there are some areas where it is, you know, dark and nighttime for a long time. And then it's daytime for a long time. I mean, we're talking about, you know, up north, you know, around the poles. But you may have an issue of seasonal depression that you're dealing with. And so you got to be able to acknowledge that if you're combating you know, uh, a seasonal depression issue, if you're combating, you know, a mental health issue, if you're dealing with the fact that he's just frustrated and angry that he can't work on his goals, well, then what you are doing is going to take a little bit longer. You know, it, it's going to take you more time to be able to go through and really see the changes that you need and that you want. And maybe, you know, you need to make back off a little bit. You know, I know I said as long as you can get him hard, go ride that cock. But if it's an issue uh, more about, you know, needing time to work on his dreams and passion, or, you know, then you need to make sure you're not overdoing uh, sex and taking away from all that time he needs to be building on the dream. And again, mental health, seasonal depression, you know, if you're combating extra things uh, that are going on, of course, it's going to take longer than the initial three months. You may want to go through and set the course of six months. All right. Now, you may be thinking that he's hiding or holding something back, but, you know, really, he may just be, you know, very upfront and honest about what's going on. It's just a matter of whether or not you believe it or whether or not you recognize it. He may not want to talk about it because he just doesn't want to talk about it. You know, and that being the case, you'll have two choices, right? Choice number one, adjust your tactics, adjust how you approach him. Choice number two, learn to deal with it. Right, learn to deal with it. There are sometimes, you know, he's just going to need to have to work through whatever issues are going on. If it's, you know, just seasonal depression, you know, then you should already be aware of, you know, the seasonal depression. And sex will help out, you know, with that to some degree. But you already know things are going to get better when the season changes again. You know, you got to be able to, you know, try and figure out you know, what the issue is, you know, and you got to be figuring out, you know, or testing out different ways to approach him until you find the way that works and allows him to open up. And on this gets into what more can you do? And that is to talk and communicate, try and find, you know, a way to open up dialogue with him. And there are multiple ways in which you can do that. You can, um, you know, first try and go through, have sex and, then as he's in a better mood after sex, then start communicating and talking and asking, so, hey, 
You know, I've been noticing that you, your your mood has been in a little bit of a funk lately. You know, what's going on? You know, something like that. Or, you know, when you're going through and, you know, sitting at the dinner table and you're eating, you know, just try and bring up, hey, you know, I noticed that, you know, you seem to be a bit of a grouch lately. What can I do to help you? Right? Don't just go off and accuse him of being in a bad mood and that he just needs to change his flipping attitude. No, present yourself as a partner, as somebody who can, you know, who can and wants to be there to help him. You know, and get him to open up and go, hey, I, I can't help you if you don't open up to me. You know, things like that. I mean, you're you're gonna know your man the best. And so you're going to have to go through and experiment with ways to try and open up dialogue and means of communication. And some of that may even be bringing up, hey, you know, have you thought about seeing a doctor? You know, you know, how about, you know, we go see a doctor and see if there's an issue there. Is it, you know, uh, medication for blood pressure that needs to be done or, you know, is there you know, subtype of medication to help improve his mood and, you know, help get him through what's going on. You know, you got to take a look at this from both the medical and the psychological, you know, standpoint and just, you know, try and open up that, you know, communication and, you know, like, and let him really know that you're there not to be an accuser, not to piss and moan about it but as somebody who generally wants to help, all right? Uh, create some house rules, right? Here's some things that you can do. Your electronics are getting in your way, right? So maybe you start creating house rules where there's no TV after a certain time of the night or during a certain time of the day, you know, and that's family time. You know, during that time, you sh not only shut off the TV, but maybe you turn off your phones and yes, your phones do have an off button. Believe it or not, I've done it before. It, it was amazing. It turned off. There was no interruptions, no sounds. You know, so you can start taking a look at, you know, creating, you know, some house rules in which you get away from the electronics. You get away from all of the distractions so that it's just focused on, you know, you time. And what you do during that time, you know, varies, right? Sometimes you just sit and talk. If you have kids, maybe you read a book to the kids together, you know, or maybe, you know, you go off and you play board games, you know, old fashioned stuff, right? Now, of course, you know, this depends on whether or not his issue is, you know, unfulfilled uh, dreams and goals, in which case, you know, you create the house rules, you know, in which you keep the kids and, off his back or, you know, you leave him alone and let him know that that's his time to work on his dreams. Now, in some of the more drastic cases, you know, maybe you get some relationship coaching or, you know, couples therapy as it was, you know, where you go off and you see somebody, you know, I, I get that some people see this as, you know, a failure of the relationship, a failure, you know, to connect and that if you need someone else's help to fix your marriage, that, you know, it's not worth fixing. It's, you know, it's already over. But sometimes, you know, you need that third party perspective, you know, to intervene and to help you out through you know, your relationship problems, because you may be going off and thinking that, you know, the issue is him, but there may be something that you're doing that's causing the problems and vice versa. He's thinking that the issue is you and doesn't realize, you know, what he's doing. And sometimes, you know, when you're in that, you know, particular, you know, zone, you're unable to see what you yourself are doing, whether that's him or you. And you need that third-party perspective to kind of shake, you know, that loose. Because it's easy when you're married or you've been around people for a very long time to get into a routine and a set of thinking about who's right, who's wrong, take them for granted. I mean, there are things that, 
you know, we say in anger to the people we love the most that we would never even think of saying to a stranger or someone we didn't know. I mean, we do hurt the people we love the most when we're angry because, you know, they're there and we feel more comfortable, you know, uh, lashing out because we know all the faults from having been with that person for so many years. So, you know, getting that third-party perspective can be very helpful in, in uh, being able to shake loose what the root of the actual problems are and to help, you know, go through and provide steps to improve the situation. And let's face it, you know, if you got a third party going, okay, you know what, I want to try, you know, you two doing this for a week and then, you know, you come back and only one of you was putting any effort into it. Well, then, you know, it starts to become very, you know, jarring to the other person. Oh, crap. You know, they're actually trying. They're going through this advice. I didn't. You know, of course, they may try and make up excuses such as, oh, this person's full of hooey. Oh, that doesn't work. That's a load of crap. But they can only be in denial for so long before they have to either admit that they're the problem or that they just don't care anymore. And if they just don't care anymore, well, you know, the relationship then is probably dead. And then you got to decide whether or not you're going to stay in a dead relationship or move on. I get it. You have kids maybe, you know, and the moving on can be hard. But sometimes that is the only option left, you know, when things get that bad. But seeing a therapist or, you know, a relationship coach, you know, is not a bad thing. You know, it can really help you out, even if, you know, in the relationship coaching, only one of you is attending. So let's say, you know, you find a relationship coach, and this is something that I'm going to get into at some point and providing more one-on-one coaching. I get not everyone wants to come on and, you know, uh, to the podcast and do it. In fact, I'm, you know, there's a lot of shy people, and so I figure I might uh, go off and, you know, speak to one of my friends or a family member or something, you know, and have them, you know, come on to try and be the icebreaker on this. But, you know, I've also been thinking about, you know, doing one-on-one coaching, you know, not for the podcast, you know, for couples, you know, and even if only one of you shows up, let's say only you show up, you know, to that, you know, session, you know, the more in-depth we can track down and narrow down what's going on in your particular relationship, the more the advice can be customized towards you. Having someone who knows your relationship just about as good as you, you know, and having them, you know, be an objective third party is very helpful. They can still advise you and coach you on what to do. And, you know, maybe you secretly record the conversation, you know, that goes on. I mean, your phone has the ability to record. So maybe, you know, you know, go through, give some advice, you know, have you, you know, record it, play it back and it allows them, even though he's not attending to get to know what type of personality he is, what type of person he is in order to customize the advice to you on how to improve your relationship. There's no embarrassment in getting third party help. And besides, unless you tell anyone, you're the only one that knows that you're getting additional help, right? Okay. Now, another thing uh, that you could do is, you know, just be patient. You know, your guy just may be extra stubborn, you know, extra set in his ways. You know, his routine is his routine. And so, you know, you may need to exhibit a lot more patience. I know I say three months, but maybe, you know, your guy is so stubborn it takes six months. You know, the three months is not an exact science. You know, it's just a general rule, general, you know, um, general observation of how long it takes to start seeing noticeable improvements from him in the relationship. But every guy is going to be different. Some guys, you may start seeing the results in as early as a couple of weeks. Other guys, it'll take six months. Some guys may take nine months. They're just really that stubborn. So, you know, you need to start going through here and start setting a timetable of how much time 
you're willing to give it, you know, to see noticeable changes. You know, within at least nine months, even the most stubborn of guys who are, you know, still into you, still love you, you know, will, you know, disrupt their routine, change their routine, and start being more attentive. Right? It doesn't matter how stubborn they are. Nine months is, you know, the longest it should ever take. You know, and maybe, you know, another thing that you can do is kind of jar it a little bit. You know, maybe you pull back after you've increased sex, you know, for a while. So if you don't really have a whole lot of patience and you're only willing to, you know, have this much sex for three months and, you know, you're not willing to give it any more than that without seeing some results, okay, okay, maybe you pull back a little then. You know, see if he notices. You know, let's say you've increased it from once a month to three times a week. You know, and then, you know, you're not seeing results. You're getting frustrated. Well, maybe you cut back to once a week, right? See if he notices. See if that jars him. See if he starts to recognize, hey, you know, maybe you were only doing that so that he would pay more attention to you and that if he wants you to keep it up, he needs to start paying more attention to you. So it's kind of one of those things where, you know, we've talked about in the past about not withholding sex from him. Don't make him beg for sex. But, you know, after increasing the amount of sex that you have and then pulling it back a little, you know, that in itself, that increase in pullback may be enough to jar him into realizing, hey, there's something going on. I mean, you were wanting to have sex quite a bit, and all of a sudden, you know, you don't want to have sex nearly as often. Huh, what's going on? You know, and that may lead him to talk to you, and that, and that you know, gives you the opportunity to open up that you were, you know, only having more sex with him because you were hoping that it would lead to him paying more attention to you or that it would deepen your uh, relationship and he would actually want to do some stuff with you. And that, you know, you're willing to give him all the sex that he wants as long as he actually pays attention to you and engages in the relationship, you know, and do things together outside of the bedroom as well, you know, so that increase and then pull back, you know, that may be a good strategy for you if you don't want to, you know, wait or, you know, give it more time. You kind of get what I'm saying? Because you get used to the increase, and then when you start, you know, seeing the pullback, you start going, huh, what? What's going on? I thought everything was going great. Huh, I need to figure out what's going on. Now, the first week that you pull back, he may not, you know, notice too much because he may just think, oh, you're just having a period, right? And that's why you don't want to have sex, right? But once you start getting into week two, he, you know, starts to realize, hey, something's up. Why did she pull back? And that can lead him to, you know, going th and, you know, coming to you. And then you can just be honest that, you know, you figured that, you know, you wanted more time with him and that you wanted him to pay more attention to you and do some more of the stuff together. And you th and be honest that, you know, you thought before you asked him, you know, to do that, that you would give him what he wanted first. You know, give him what he needed first and work hard on pleasing him, you know, in hopes that he would return the favor. You know, you know, that, you know, that right there is probably going to be an effective method or the most effective method if you're not seeing results already and you've drastically increased the amount of sex that you've had. Just start pulling back a little bit you know, scaling back how much sex you're willing to have and get him to ask you why. And if you just say, well, you know, I figured, you know, I wanted to give you more of what you wanted so that maybe you'd be willing to give me more of what I wanted. You know, it, hey, I get it. That may sound bad to you. You know, that you're using sex as a bargaining chip. But, you know, in a sense, you know, you know, in a relationship, it's all about the give and take. Hey, you know, you do these type of things for me. I will do these type of things, you know, for you, you know, that mutual give and take, you know. And so while you focus a lot on the physical part of your relationship, 
know, just don't forget that there is a mental part and an emotional part uh, in the relationship and mental and emotional issues that, you know, your partner faces. And that will also need to be addressed. Um, that will also need to be addressed. But maybe, maybe the biggest issue and the hardest one for you to overcome will be this. He's just simply oblivious. Right? He's just simply oblivious to your needs, to your hints, to you know, you stating what you want. Right? Now, that can be very hard if you're a person that is very subtle or you know, don't come or beat around the bush a little bit. You know, he just may be clueless. All right, so anyways, I want to be able to take a few moments here to thank you uh, for your time and attention. As always, it is very much appreciated. I take a look at the download numbers and I see how many of you, you know, subscribe and have been listening week after week after week. You know, I've seen, you know, total download numbers per episode and I'm blown away and I'm gracious. Uh, very appreciative. Um, you know, that you would spend this time with me each and every week. All right. And I want to be able to continue to build up, you know, this podcast. I'm starting to put out, you know, the written content on the, you know, blog, uh, sexmancers.com, you know, to try and follow up in case you consume better reading. And I'm going to be, you know, uh, still, you know, working on coming out with the video uh, format, you know, for the YouTube channel, you know, doing all of that. Um, look down in the links below in the description for ways that you can support the show. The more, you know, support uh, that I get, you know, from you, the audience, the faster I can build up all of the tools and channels you know, needed uh, to be able to help each and every one of you in the way that you learn best or consume information the best. And the faster I will be able to get to the part where I will be able to provide one-on-one -on -one coaching advice or coaching sessions for you. So you can uh, support the show, um, you know, through Patreon, through PayPal, you know, directly through uh, Anchor, which is what I use to host, you know, my podcast. You know, you can go through that or you can go to the sexmancers.com forward slash shop where you can support the show while getting merchandise, you know, such as shirts, hoodies, mugs, and more, you know, that will display, you know, funny things as well as, you know, praising your man. All right. Thank you so much for your time and attention. And I'll be back again soon.